After reciting the Tashahud, the Awwals in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Fifth, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Nasrih Al-Aziz stated that I was relating the accounts of Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu in the last sermon, and today I will continue to narrate some further details about him. Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was one of the twelve leaders appointed on the occasion of the second bayt at Aqba. And Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmad Sahib ta'ala anhu writes the following about him in Sirat Khatam al-Nabiyyin, i.e. the book, Life and Character of the Seal of Prophets. He writes that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah ta'ala anhu was from the Banu Saida dynasty of the Khazraj tribe and was the chieftain of the entire Khazraj tribe. In the blessed era of the Holy Prophet, be upon him, he was counted among the most eminent of the Ansar. So much so that after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, some of the Ansar held him worthy of Khilafat. In other words, his name was proposed from among the Ansar. Hasad bin Uvada radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. It is stated that Hazrat Saad bin Ubada, Munzir bin Amr, and Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala anhum, when they accepted Islam, all of them broke the idols of their tribe Banu Saida. And at the time of his migration towards Medina, as the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was passing by the houses of Banu Saida, Hazrat Saad bin Ubada, Hazrat Munzir bin Amr, and Hazrat Abu Dujana radiallahu anhum, submitted before the Holy Prophet peace upon him that, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, please come to us. We have honour, wealth, strength and power. Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu also stated that, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there is nobody among my people who would have more date orchards or more water wells than me along with wealth, power and large numbers. 
But upon hearing this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that, O Abu Sabit, make way for the camel, for it has been ordered to follow a certain path, and thus it will go where it pleases. As mentioned previously, that Hazrat Saab bin Ubadah was among the leaders who were appointed, and he was the leader of the Banu Saida. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood in Muakhat between Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah and Hazrat Tulab bin Umar. Hazrat Tulab had migrated from Mecca to Medina. And according to Ibn Ishaq, the bond of brotherhood or Muakhat established by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was between Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah and Hazrat Abu Zarghafari. However, Waqdi has rejected this particular suggestion because, according to him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established this bond of brotherhood between the companions Bifbada, and Hazrat Abu Zar Ghaffari was not present in Medina at the time. And so, he did not participate in the battles of Badr, Uhud and Khandaq. In fact, he presented himself to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, after battles. In any case, this is the argument given by Waqdi. It is said that there was no house in the tribe of Aus and Khazraj before consecutive generations of their men had displayed such high levels of generosity and open-heartedness, except for Dulaim, then his son Ubada, and his son Saad, and then his son Qais. There were many famous accounts about the generosity of Dulaim and his family. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came to Medina, Hazrat Saad bin Ubadar used to send a big bowl daily for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, of either meat or sarid, which is made of pieces of bread cooked in meat, or sarid made of milk, or made of vinegar and olives. Or he used to send the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, a bowl of fat. But most often, he used to send a bowl of meat. Hazrat Saad would also send the bowl of food to the houses of the wives of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. According to some narrations, there were also such days where there would be no food in the household of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And so it may well be that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah would send the food majority of the time rather than on a daily basis. Or that he used to send the food in the early days or that perhaps out of his generosity and concern for the poor the Holy Prophet be upon him would distribute the food amongst the less privileged or offer it to his guests which is why no food would remain in his home. In any case, there is another narration in which Hazad bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed at the house of Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he had nothing to offer. And so the first thing I brought to offer him was a bowl with a dish of wheat bread. And the dish was made of meat and milk, and so I presented that to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and stated 
that, O Messenger of Allah, my mother has sent this bowl for you. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that may Allah the Almighty grant his blessings upon it. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then called his companions, and they also ate from it. He states that I had only reached the door when Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu also came with a bowl, which was being carried upon the head of one of his servants, as it was a large bowl. I stood at the door of Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and I lifted the cloth from the bowl to see what was inside. And I saw a dish with bones, which the servant then presented before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat anhu further narrates that we lived in the neighborhood of Banu Malik bin Najjar, and three or four of us would take turns to bring food every evening to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, during the seven months that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, resided in the house of Hazrat Ayyub Ansari. In that period, food would arrive to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, on a daily basis, without fail, from Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah from Hazrat Asad bin Zurara Therefore, this particular narration has also clarified somewhat that food was brought to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, every day for the first seven months. It was no doubt also sent after that period, but perhaps with the same regularity. Hazrat Zaid then further relates that seeing as the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had stayed at the house of Ummi Ayyub for seven months, when asked with regards to which of the food was the most favorite of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, she replied that I never witnessed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, ever requesting for something specific to be prepared for him. And similarly, I never saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, ever criticize the food that was brought to him. Hazrat Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates that Hazrat Ayyub radiallahu ta'ala anhu once told me that one night Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu sent a bowl for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which contained tufashil, a type of broth, and he drank this to his fill. And apart from that particular occasion, I never once saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, eating to his fill. And so thereafter, we would also prepare this for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And so, if food was ever brought to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he would never request for anything or ask for anything specific to be prepared or criticize the food in any way. Nevertheless, he really liked that particular dish that was sent and enjoyed it. And thereafter, when the companions learned that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, enjoyed this meal, they would prepare their food accordingly. Hazrat Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates, that we also prepare hadith, a well-known dish made from wheat and meat, which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also enjoyed. For the evening meal, there would always be between five to sixteen companions with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the number of companions with him would depend on the amount of food prepared. Then, whilst mentioning the days in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, resided at the home of Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad Sahib writes that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stayed in this home for seven months, for according to Ibn Ishaq, he remained here until the month of Safar, second Hijri. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, remained here until the construction of Masjid al 
i.e. the Prophet's mosque, and the adjacent living quarters of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Abu Ayyub would present food to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and then whatever would remain of it, he would eat himself. Due to his love and sincerity, he would eat from where the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had taken his food. And other companions would also present food to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. As such, among these people, the name of Saad bin Ubadah, the chief of the Khazraj tribe, has been mentioned particularly in history. Hazrat Anas relates that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah once said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that, O Messenger of Allah, وسلم, come and visit our home. And so, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went with Hazrat Saad to his house. Hazrat Saad brought dates and sesame seeds for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and then a bowl of milk which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, drank out of. Qais bin Saad, i.e. the son of Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came to meet us at our home, he greeted them by saying, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, that is, peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, conveyed his peace to them. Qais then further states that my father, Saad replied in a low voice, and so I asked him, Will you not call the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, inside? Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied to his son, saying, Allow the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to send down further blessings upon us. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then greeted them once more before departing. That is to say, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, conveyed his peace, he answered in a low tone, so that the Holy Prophet would once again convey his greetings, and in turn their home would be blessed. In any case, he further relates, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, departed after saying salam once more. And so Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu followed behind and said, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I heard your greetings and answered a voice, so that you may send down further blessings upon us. Hence, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned with Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu then asked the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, if he would like some water to wash up, and so did. Hazrat Saad then presented the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, with a cloth dyed from saffron or verse, a yellow plant which grows in Yemen, which was used to dye clothes. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, wrapped it around himself and raised his hands and prayed, O Allah, send down your blessings and mercy upon the progeny of Saad bin Ubadah. In relation to this account, the narration of Hazrat Anas radiallahu states that once the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, wished to enter the house of Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah and stated, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Hazrat Saad radiallahu replied, Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah, in a low voice, which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could hear. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then conveyed his salam three times, and each time Hazrat Saad radiallahu answered in the same manner whereby the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could not hear him. Therefore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu then went after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may my parents be sacrificed for you. Every time you said salam, I heard it with my own ears, 
and answered in a manner by you could not hear my voice. And my only desire was to receive as much of your prayers and blessings as possible. Hazrat Saad radiyallahu ta'ala then brought the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to his home and presented raisins before him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, ate them and said, May the pious people continue to eat from your home and may the angels send down their merciful prayers and may those fasting open their fasts in your home. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed for him. Alama ibn Sirin states, that when night would descend, the companions would take one or two people from the Ashab al-Sufa to their homes and give them food. As Asad bin Abadar would take 80 companions home and give them food. In other words, this would be the case on many occasions. However, there are other narrations in which it is recorded that there were days in which the Ashab al-Sufa companions would remain without food. But in any case, the companions would look after these poorer companions who would sit near the residence of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu would care for them the most. A year after migrating to Medina, in the month of Safar, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set out for Abwa, which is located 23 miles from Jaffa in the direction of Mecca. This is also the place where the grave of Hazrat Amna, the mother of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was situated. The colour of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's flag was white, and on this occasion the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, appointed Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah anhu as his representative or Amir of Medina. Another name for Ghazwai Abwa is Ghazwai Baddan, and whilst mentioning Ghazwai Vaddan, Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmad Sahib anhu writes in Sirat Fatim al that at times it was a custom of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to set out with the companions himself, and on some occasions he would dispatch a company in the leadership of a companion. Historians have given separate names to each one of these two types of campaigns. Such a campaign in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, personally took part has been termed as a ghazwa by the historians. And a campaign in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not personally take part is referred to as Sariya or Ba'as. However, it should be remembered that in ghazwa or Sariya, it is not necessary to set out specifically for the purpose of jihad by the sword. Rather, every such journey in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, personally participated whilst in a state of war is known as a ghazwa, even if it was specifically for the purpose of fighting. In the same manner, every such journey which was undertaken by a community, as per the command of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is known as a siriya or ba'as in the terminology of historians, even if its mental purpose was not of battle. However, out of ignorance, some people consider every ghazwa and siriya to be a battle campaign, which is incorrect. It has already been mentioned in previous sermons that divine permission of jihad by the sword was granted in the month of Safar during the second year of migration. Since immediate action was required to protect the Muslims from the dangerous intentions and threatening schemes of the Quraysh, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him set out from Medina with the community of the Muhajireen in the name of Allah the Exalted. And prior to departure, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him appointed Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu 
the chief of the Khazraj as the Amir of Medina in his absence and set out towards the southwest of Medina on the road to Mecca until he finally reached Badan. The details of this account have previously been mentioned as well. It is said that the people of the Banu Zamra resided here and this tribe was a branch of Banu Kinana and in this manner these people were the paternal cousins of the Quraysh. Upon reaching here, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, engaged in discussions with the chiefs of the Banu Zamra and settled a treaty by mutual agreement. The conditions of this treaty were that the Banu Zamra would maintain friendly relations with the Muslims and would not aid an enemy against the Muslims. Furthermore, as part of the treaty it included that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, called upon them in support of the Muslims, they would come immediately, i.e. the people of Banu Zamra. On the other hand, on behalf of the Muslims, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, agreed that the Muslims would maintain friendly relations with the people of Banu Zamra and would aid them whenever it was required. And so this treaty was only written and signed by both parties. And after an absence of 15 days, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned. Another name for the Ghazwa of Badan is also known as the Ghazwa of Abwa. This is because the village of Abwa is closely situated to Badan, and this is the same place where the noble mother of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away. Historians write that in this Ghazwa, Along with the Banu Zamra, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was conscious of the Quraysh. This means that in actuality, this campaign of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was to put down the threatening schemes of the Quraysh. Furthermore, its objective was to dispel the poisonous and threatening influence which the caravans of the Quraysh, etc., had created against the Muslim amongst the tribes of Arabia. The Quraysh would spread false propaganda against Muslims amongst other tribes and due to which the state of the Muslims was extremely vulnerable during those days. With regards to Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah participating in the Battle of it, there are two varying opinions. Vakti, Madayini and Ibn Qalbi are of the opinion that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah participated in the Battle of Badr. However, according to Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Uqba and Ibn Saad, he did not participate in the Battle of Badr. But in any case, a narration of the Tabqatul Kubra sheds further light on this incident and it states that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah was not present during the Battle of Badr. He was making preparations for the battle and was visit various houses of the Insar to ensure they prepared for the battle. However, before the army left for Badr, Hazrat Saad bin Uvadaw was bitten by a dog, and as a result of this, was not able to participate in the battle. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that although Saad did not participate in the battle, but he desired fully to partake, and thus granted him a share from the spoils of the battle. Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah participated in all the battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, including the battles of Badr, Uhud and Khandaq. In a narration, Al-Mustadrik has recorded that during the Battle of Badr, the flag of the Ansar was carried by Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu.
It is stated that when departing for the battle of Badr, Saad bin Badr gifted a soul called Azab to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which he then used during this battle. As Saad bin Badr also presented the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, with a donkey as a gift. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had seven chain armors, one of which was named Zatul Fazul, owing to its length. Hazrat Saad bin Badr gave this chain armor to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, when he had departed for the battle of Badr. And this chain armor was made of iron, and it was the same chain armor that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, gave to Abu Sham, a Jew, as assurance in exchange for barley weighing 30 sar, a unit of measure equal to approximately 2.5 kg. And this armor was kept as assurance with him for one year. Hazrat ibn Abbas narrates that during the battles the flag of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would be carried by Hazrat Ali and the flag of the Ansar would be carried by Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah and when the battles would intensify the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would be near the flag of the Ansar in other words the enemy would concentrate their efforts towards the flag of the Ansar because the Holy Prophet peace be upon him would position himself near their flag Hazrat Usama bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that on one occasion the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was riding a donkey and underneath him was a blanket that was made in fadr. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him placed Hazrat Usama bin Zaid behind him and they made their way to inquire about Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was ill at the time. During those days Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu was in the compound of Banu Haris bin Khazraj. The incident being narrated took place prior to the Battle of Badr and Hazrat Usama bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that whilst travelling they went past a gathering in which Abdullah bin Ubay bin Sulul was also sat and at the time he had not become a Muslim and this is the very incident in which Abdullah bin Ubay bin Sulul was also disrespectful towards the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. In any case, whilst the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was riding past the dust from his mount fell on the gathering that was seated beside the road. And Abdullah bin Ubay bin Sulul covered his nose and said, that Do not cast dust upon us. And so the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, offered his greetings of peace and stopped, dismounting off the animal. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then invited towards Allah and recited the Holy Quran. Upon hearing this, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Sulul replied, That is there nothing better than what you say? And even if this were true, do not come to our gathering and disrupt it. There is no need to say these things in our gathering. I have narrated this incident before as well. And he stated that you should go back to where you came from and inform those who come to you. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abdullah bin Raha who had accepted Islam and was a companion stated that Nay, O Prophet of Allah, you should come to our gatherings and recite this to us, as we greatly enjoy this. Consequently, the Muslims, the idolaters and Jews began to quarrel with one another and were almost about to attack one another. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, continued to calm them down. Eventually they stopped and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mounted his animal and set off 
and reached Hazasad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then asked Hazasad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that, O Saad, have you heard what Abu Hubab said to me today? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was referring to Abdullah bin Ubay. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then related to him the entire incident. Upon listening to this, Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied, that, O Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, forgive him and overlook this act of his. For I swear by him who has revealed the Holy Quran to you, that Allah the Almighty has now established the truth which he has bestowed upon you. The people of this town had previously decided to appoint him, i.e. Abdullah bin Ubay, as their leader, and to place the crown of leadership upon his head. However, when Allah the Almighty did not allow for this to happen, owing to the truth which Allah the Almighty has revealed to you, he began to burn in his fire of jealousy. And this is the reason why he uttered this. In other words, he was about to be appointed as the leader. However, with the arrival of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, this was taken away from him. And it was for this reason he was jealous of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and stated the aforementioned. And so, upon hearing this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, forgave him. And whenever the idolaters and the people of the book would cause afflictions to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and his companions, they would in turn forgive them, as per the commandment of Allah the Almighty. Allah the Almighty states in the Holy Quran, لَتُبْلَوُنَّ فِي أَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ وَلَتَسْمَعُنَّ مِنَ الَّنَا أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَمِنَ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا أَذَنْ كَثِيرًا وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ That is, you shall surely be tried in your possessions and in your persons and you shall surely hear many hurtful things from those who were given the book before you and from those who set up equals to God. But if you show fortitude and act righteously, that indeed is a matter of strong determination. Furthermore, Allah the Almighty states in the Holy Quran, وَدَّا كَثِيرٌ مِّنْ أَحْلِ الْكِتَابِ لَوْ يَرُدُّونَكُمْ مِّنْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ كُفَّارًا حَسَدًا مِّنْ إِنْدِ أَنفُسِهِمْ مِّنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْحَقِّ فَعْفُوا وَصْفَهُ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ That is, many of the people of the book wish, out of sheer envy from their own selves, that after you have believed, they could turn you again into disbelievers after the truth has become manifest to them. But forgive and turn away from them, till Allah brings about his decree. Surely, Allah has the power to do all that He wills. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would always prefer to forgive, just as Allah the Almighty had commanded him to do so. Eventually, Allah the Almighty granted them permission to challenge the disbelievers in the battle of Badr. Through this battle, Allah the Almighty then brought an end to the leaders of the Quraysh. Consequently, 
Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul and other idolaters stated that this community, i.e. the Muslims, is now beginning to succeed. And so, upon witnessing the defeat of the disbelievers, they affirmed belief in the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and pledged allegiance to him, thereby entering the fold of Islam. In a narration by Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sought counsel from the companions about the Battle of Badr, and Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu also gave his advice. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was informed that Abu Sufyan was heading towards them, he sought advice from the companions. The narrator states that Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu gave his advice, but the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not agree. Similarly, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala wished to give his advice, but again the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not accept it. Then, Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu stood up and said, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you seek counsel from us, and I swear by him in whose hand is my life, if you command us to jump into the sea with our horses, we will do so. And if you command us to chase the enemy all the way to Barqul Imad, then we will do so. This was a coastal city of Yemen, which is situated at a distance of days' travel from Mecca. The narrator then says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then gathered the people and began the journey until they reached Badr. Having heard Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah submission, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began the journey along with his companions until they reached the plains of Badr. When they reached, the people assigned to collect water for the Quraysh were also there, and among those assigned was a boy with dark complexion from the Banu Hajjaj. The Muslims captured him and inquired about Abu Sufyan and his army, because initially they had heard that Abu Sufyan was travelling with a large army or group. But nonetheless, they inquired about Abu Sufyan from him. He kept repeating that he had no knowledge about Abu Sufyan. However, Abu Jahl, Utbah, Sheba and Umayyah bin Khalf are certainly present in the army. When he said this, they began to hit him, and so he said, Okay, I will tell you about him. Abu Sufyan is also a man. However, when they let go of him and again inquired where Abu Sufyan was, he replied with the same response that he had no knowledge where Abu Sufyan was, although Abu Jahl, Utbah, Sheba and Umayyah bin Khawf are among the army which has camped near Badr, Abu Sufyan is not with them. And so, when he repeated this statement of his, they again began to hit him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, at the time was offering his prayers, and when he became aware of the situation, he concluded his prayers and stated, that I swear by him in whose hands is my life. When he speaks the truth, you beat him, and when he utters falsehood, you let him go. The narrator of this tradition states, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated, that whatever this young man is saying is the truth. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then pointed towards the exact spot with his hands where certain individuals from the enemy were going to fall in the battlefield of Badr. The narrator states that every single one of them was killed and fell in the exact spot where the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had already pointed out from before where they were going to fall and die. Prior to the Battle of Ahd, one Friday evening, Hazrat Saad bin Muaz, 
Hazrat Usaid bin Huzair and Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu anhum stood guard outside the door of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in Masjid al Nabi until Fajr. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was about to leave for Medina, he mounted his horse, placed his bow on his shoulder, and grabbed hold of his spear. And it is said that Hazrat Saad bin Muaz and Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu anhuma began to ride ahead of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and both of these companions were wearing their armour. The rest of the companions were on the right and left of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Describing the conditions at the time of the Battle of Uhud, Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmad Sahib anhu writes that after observing the Asr Salat, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set out from Medina with a large community of the companions, the chiefs of the Aws and Khazraj tribe. Saad bin Muaz and Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu anhum proceeded along, running slowly just ahead of the mount of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And the rest of the companions moved forward position to the right, left and behind the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu was among those companions who stood resolutely with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, during the Battle of Ahud. And when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned to Medina from the Battle of Ahud, and dismounted his horse, he was supported to his house by Hazrat Saad bin Maz and Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiallahu anhumah. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had sustained injuries, and therefore when he dismounted from his horse, he took the support of these two companions. Then Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah relates that during the Ghazwa of Hamraul Asad, the main provisions for food were dates. The Ghazwa of Hamraul Asad took place in Shawal 3 Hijri. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned from the Battle of Ahud. The Quraysh stopped at Roha, which is situated approximately 36 miles from Medina. And whilst here, the Quraysh thought that since the Muslims have suffered greatly, therefore they should return and launch a sudden attack on Medina. And owing to the love by the Muslims, they will not be able to fight back. Subsequently, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, learned about their intentions, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, decided to set out and pursue the Quraysh and reached Hamraul Asad. Hamraul Asad is approximately 8 miles from Medina towards the direction of Zul Hulayfa. And when the army of the Quraysh found out that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was approaching, they quickly ran towards Makkah. When they found out that instead of showing any kind of weakness, the Muslims were coming to attack them, they ran away. And the narrator of this tradition states that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu brought 30 camels and dates to Hamraul Asad, which was more than sufficient for their needs. And among the camels that he brought, two or sometimes three camels would be slaughtered daily, which they would all eat from. The Ghazwa of Banu Nazir place in Rabi'ul Awal 4 Hijri, in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, besieged the fortress of the Banu Nazir for 15 days. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, expelled them from Medina, just like the people of Khabar were expelled. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received the spoils on this occasion, he called for Hazrat Sabit bin Qais and told him to bring his people. Hazrat Sabit bin Qais submitted, O Prophet of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do you mean the people of Khazraj? The Holy Prophet, peace upon him, replied, 
that no, bring all the people of Ansar. Hence, he went and called the people of Aus and Khazraj. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then praised Allah the Almighty, which he is most worthy of, and then recounted the favours of the Ansar, which they conferred upon the Muhajireen, whereby they had allowed them to stay in their houses and gave the Muhajireen precedence over themselves. Thereof, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that if they wish, he will evenly distribute the spoils from the Banu Nazir, which the Muslims acquired without engaging in any actual battle against them, between the Ansar and the Muhajireen. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then further stated that if he distributed this wealth equally between the Ansar and the Muhajireen, then in such a case the Muhajireen will continue to live in their houses and partake of their wealth and will be afforded their rights which had been established owing to the bond of brotherhood that formed between them, i.e. Muakhat. However, if they wished, he could distribute all the wealth among the Muhajireen, as a result of which they will leave their houses. In other words, they will receive the entire share of the wealth, but will then leave the houses of the Ansar and will no longer have any of the rights they previously had as a result of the bond of brotherhood that had been established between them, i.e. Muakhat. Upon this, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'az radiyallahu ta'ala anhu said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could distribute the entire wealth among the Muhajireen and not give anything to the Ansar, but even then they can still continue to live in their houses as they were living before, and the rights which were established for them as a result of the bond of brotherhood, i.e. Mu'akhat, that was formed between them, that will also remain. In other words, they can continue to live freely in their houses. Upon this, all of the Ansar unanimously agreed to this. The Holy Prophet, peace upon him, then stated that, O oh Allah, grant your mercy to the Ansar and their sons. Hence, the spoils granted to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, on this occasion were distributed among the Muhajireen. And apart from two companions from among the Ansar, nothing was given to the Ansar. The two companions were Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayr and Hazrat Abu Dijana, who were in need of this wealth. And Hazrat Saad bin Muaz radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, however, was granted the sword of Abu Hukayk. Hazrat Saad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's mother, Hazrat Hamra bint Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anha, was from among the female companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. She passed away when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had left for the Ghazwa of Dhammatul Jandal, and this Ghazwa took place in Rabiul Awwal 5 Hijri. Hazrat Saad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu accompanied the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in this Ghazwa. Sayyid bin Musayyib relates that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's mother passed away when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was not in Medina. Hazrat Saad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu received the news almost a month later, and when he learnt of the news of his mother's demise, he requested the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to lead her funeral prayer, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, led her funeral prayer. Hazrat ibn Abbas relates that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu sought guidance from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in regards to a promise his mother had pledged but passed away before she could fulfill it. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that he should fulfill it for her. Hazrat Sayyid bin Musayyib relates that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu presented himself before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and submitted that my mother has passed away, 
but she does not leave any inheritance. If I were to offer some sadhaka, a charity, on her behalf, will that grant any benefit to her? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied in the affirmative. He then submitted, that which type of sadhaka do you prefer most? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, to provide water. It seems that at the time there was an extreme shortage of water, and there was a great need for it. And according to another narration, it is reported that the Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu dug a well and stated that this well was on behalf of Umm Saad. Then Alama Abu Tayyib Shamsul Haq Azimabadi has written in the commentary of Abu Daud that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned that the greatest form of sadqai charity was to provide water, it was because there was a great shortage of water at the time. Also, it could be because of all things, the need for water is generally required more. He further writes that the reason why the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, considered providing water as the greatest form of sadqa was because water is most beneficial in religious as well as worldly needs, and particularly in countries where the climate is hot. It is for this reason that Allah the Almighty has mentioned this favour of his in the following verse. That is, and we send down the pure water from the sky. Hence, due to its general need, extreme heat and shortage of supply, water was greatly valued in Medina. And in fact, even today water is greatly valued and governments are always urging to take care of it. However, Hazrat Saad did not just simply dig a well and leave it at that. But in fact, Hazrat Ibn Abbas states that Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah was from among the Banu Saida, and when his mother passed away, he was not present at the time. He went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, that, O Messenger of Allah, my mother has passed away, and at the time was not with her. He learned of her demise upon his return. Earlier, perhaps I said that he learned of this news whilst he was travelling, but in any case, he was not present at the time of her demise. And so he came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, that I was not present at the time of her demise, and so if I offer some sadqai charity on her behalf, will this grant her any benefit? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that yes, as Asad radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stated that O Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I call you to witness I will donate my orchard makhaf on her behalf. As Asad bin Ubadah radiallahu ta'ala anhu spent very generously and open-heartedly in charity and for the needy. Inshallah, I will continue to relate his account in the future sermon as well. Alhamdulillah, 
ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان محمدا مبعوث رسول عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله اكبر